Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Tom and Bach. Coming at you live from Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Tom Stevens. You know, we failed, but uh, I thought it was a great effort. I thought that the plan was laid out uh, perfectly. Jake Bakoven. I'm not sure I get my point across um, properly. I'm sure I don't do a good job of explaining what I mean. Tom and Bach starts now. This is Tom and Bach here on 93.7 The Ticket. Tom is out for a few days. DP filling in, uh, working overtime uh, to make sure the, the afternoon airwaves sound better. I'll, I'll be honest, Connor Happer, a great job uh, when he can do it alone. I mean, he's, he's got a voice for it. He's got the, got the takes for it. If you give me three hours, I'm, I'm just warning you, DP. It might not be good by the time we get you know, two hours deep. I think you, I think you underestimate yourself, Bach. As a matter of fact, guess what? Sometime, one day during Christmas, You'll have to fill in for me for those three hours. Oh man, uh, yeah, that's not going to be good. We'll we'll uh, we'll do maybe a, some WWE talks, right. Celtics talk. Right, that's what that's for. <laughs> Only specific people will be interested in what I'm talking about. No. But, uh, it'll be in the holidays, <laughs> so everybody will know. Like you get the, this is a Jake Bakoven special. Yeah. <laughs> This is how he sounds when he's actually by himself talking to himself. This is what happens. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> Speaking of the WWE, I did this. Uh, this does uh, correlate to uh, actual Division One and NIL deal. It's kind of interesting. The WWE revealed its inaugural NIL class on Wednesday. The program provides a clear pathway for from college athletics to the WWE. They signed fifteen NCAA athletes to the deal, including five Division One play- football players. So I'll run through some of those guys. One in the Big Ten. Joe Spivak uh, of Northwestern. He's a six foot, three hundred pound football player for Northwestern. So maybe he's got his uh, idea to get into the squared circle at some point in time. Um, there's a couple different players. Uh, uh, let's see, six uh, nine, three thirty pounder from Arkansas. That, that sounds like some pretty good WWE size. There are some guys. So what you're getting are the the sons and grandsons and nephews of former WWE wrestlers who know the business. And are interested in becoming that if they don't go pro in football. That that makes a lot of sense. And of course, there's been if you haven't followed. I mean, The Rock, Goldberg, Roman Reigns, all those guys. Laurinaitis. Just a, yeah, just a ton of guys uh, that do go from uh, athletics or, or major college football into the NFL. My favorite one, or the one that I want to to make it eventually, is John Cron uh, of Portland State. He's seven foot, four hundred pounder. He plays on the offensive line. They even give him a handoff once in a while. Uh, but. Uh, uh, I, know, I know how it works. Yeah, seven footers are, are, are Vince McMahon, some of his favorites. So uh, that's my favorite to get on there. They also have, I mean, there's it's WWE, so you can kind of see some of these things coming. They have a pair of twins from Fresno State women's basketball see, team. See, they on. always like twins. Well, there's that. <laughs> and and their uncle is a former wrestler. Yeah, so that you, makes you, sense. You fall into that space. They're guys, I mean, they've got some tracking for it. Guys like Brock Lesnar, Angle, oh, guys yeah. who, who did their thing. And then the connection, the connection of 
all of most of their women, like uh, Nia Jax, who just mm-hmm. just got released, but she was a basketball player in college. So yeah, there was a cross. Charlotte Fair was a volleyball player. Yeah. So they're starting to identify athletes who are connected to the business who can cross over and will will sell. Yeah, and it, it, it's it's going to be fun to watch. The Big Show, of course, played basketball at Wichita State, so you can just go on down the line. There's plenty of them. Um, kind of excited. Parker Bordeaux is going to make his NXT debut if you're WDP, and you know what that means. If not, that's okay. But he's a, he's a former uh, Central Florida guard, I believe. I'd have to go back and see if Frost ever uh, interacted with him too much, but I think that he, he probably either recruited him or maybe it was the year after, but uh, he's uh, he might be the next Brock Lesnar is Kevin the hope. Nash, Kevin Nash played uh, collegiate basketball. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it, it's it's just fun. All those guys kind of go through it, and then you don't really notice it because usually they're not like the the primary players on the team. So you kind of go back and look at the pictures in there, and you're like, yeah, they did. That's awesome. Well, Goldberg. I mean, he's a Georgia dog. Yeah. Right. So the, yeah, they got the clips. Most of those guys back there. I mean, Rick Flair tried out for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. As a lineman. So there's did he really? I know Brock. Lester oh yeah. Did. No, no, no. Flair did. Um, a lot of those guys. Uh. Uh, Lex Luger. Oh, yeah. A lot of those guys crossed over. As a matter of fact, th- that was the old game, old business, was guys like Ernie Ladd and those guys who uh, Chief Wahoo McDaniel played in the NFL and then would go side gig as a pro wrestler. So there's some tracking for it, and it's actually pretty good business just to develop these folks in advance. And, of course, these guys weren't great, but I absolutely love my favorite, favorite time in wrestling was probably when Dennis Rodman was leaving the finals to go fight Carl Malone. I don't know that was at the same time, but he, him and Carl Malone kind of had their fight and crossover tag team matches. That it was, was awesome. It's one of my favorite ones. It was so cool. Well, they went, remember, they had Fridge and William. Uh, That's Fr- right. They, brought Perry. Him they had uh, Jimbo Covert. Uh, they had, uh, who was the big tackle, big left tackle? Uh, they had a couple of big left tackles, uh, a couple of Kevin Green wrestled. Oh, as well, that's right. Right. So there's some bridge to it, it, it that already exists. And they would bring them in for the Royal Rumble and always have some oh, yes. former football player <laughs> road through. Uh, they tried to use uh, uh, Ed Tutal Jones, Harvey Martin. They, they've all crossed over. So, But Ernie, Ernie Ladd is my favorite former football player turned wrestler. Because he was just, a, you know, Ernie Ladd was like one of the guys. He was the first bad guy I ever rooted for. Oh, nice. Because <laughs> <laughs> he would just get on there and, like, he would name wrestlers. And he would go, listen up. Wahoo McDaniel. Uh, yuck, 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 yuck. <laughs> like, that was Call his entire out. interview was him just saying, uh, yuck, yuck, yuck. Are you over here talking? Yuck, yuck, yuck. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. The promo skills is, is what – I mean, a lot of these guys will have the physicality. They'll just kind of need to learn – some of the stuff between the rings, but the promo skills are especially what you set you apart in the WWE. Also, I did want to mention this too. Jeff Hardy was uh, released from the WWE. Uh, he's only- coming to Lincoln. It's yeah, it's line. interesting because he's coming to Lincoln. Um, I uh, because he had he had this house show that they do, which isn't on TV. House shows yeah. are just kind of fun events. You make extra money, yeah. send all the stars out there, and he just kind of left during the middle of the match through like the crowd. Deuces, yeah. And then everybody's wondering what happened, and I, still nobody knows. But WWE released him, and I always thought it was kind of weird because they, they had been promoting that he's coming to Lincoln, and I'm excited. I want to go see his band, so hopefully that's still happening. Yeah, they say it's still happening. So yeah. you know, maybe we'll have to reach out if it was Matt. So they're Carolina boys. So they would be around back in the day. Uh, and I always thought they were a little too real about living the wrestling life. Yeah. Like that. And Matt Hardy and Lita and Edge and right, stuff. They like kind of had a whole thing back then. Right? Like they 
Sometimes you're like, hey, bro, kayfabe, man. I understand, but we, yeah. you, can, you can let down your guard. you know, Because he, he would come to an event that we would have in Charlotte. And people love them. Oh, yeah. People love them. They, they brought out tables and chairs. They, like, popularized ladder matches and stuff like that. They're incredible. He, so we're in, a, we're in a bar where we're doing this fundraiser uh, uh, for the guys from Hootie. And it's Edwin McCain's performing, but it's Hootie's event. And Jeff Hardy and Flair and Matt Hardy and Arn Anderson all show up. And this is a big, huge restaurant, a brewery, microbrewery, as a matter of fact. And in the middle of Edwin McCain's set, Jeff Hardy picks up Darius Rucker and is going to like, like he's going to body slam him. <laughs> and then Ole Anderson comes to save him. Matt joins in. They sit there and have an argument, right, like right in front of the stage. And then Flair comes in and saves the day by bringing shots to everybody. And they do <laughs> nice. shots. They do. They do. They, <laughs> they do shots, and everybody leaves, and the concert continues. It's pretty cool stuff back. In they the know day. how to entertain. Oh, they pretty good do. stuff back in the day. Uh, so that'll be fun to kind of follow along. And yeah, hopefully, hopefully, maybe we can even get Jeff Hardy on the airwaves. Maybe we can break the story about whatever the heck's going on with him. But uh, yeah, hopefully, the best of best of wishes to him, and hopefully, he still comes to Lincoln. I did. Gonna get to my top ten list uh, box tops here in just a second. I say just seconds. I didn't pull up the file yet, so we're gonna have to to, to buy some time there. But uh, uh, in, uh, Steph Curry is nine three pointers away now, or ten three pointers away from being all time number one. I think nine from tying Ray Allen. Of course, has done so in a lot less games. Ray Allen didn't play in the modern era where he would have, have shot a lot of threes. So as I go through my list. Um, just know it, it's hard to pick. It's kind of hard to pick through because you have to kind of think about that sort of thing is, you know, for a teaser, Larry Bird's on my list. Larry Bird's one of the best shooters of all time. But if you look through his three-point records, he's not, you know, I, I have to double well, check where he's at, but he's shots. not a top The number of guy, shots yeah. versus percentage versus doing it when it mattered versus winning championships as well, right? Yeah. So. But I mean, it's interesting too because that's the big the argument, and and maybe it's not a great argument. But you talk about some of the best players of all time, LeBron, MJ, Kobe. They're all around thirty two percent or twenty eight percent from beyond the arc. You wonder if they played more in the modern day, how much better that would get? Because I would argue, especially with Michael, I mean, he would have focused a lot more on it and and just kind of uh, uh, kind of changed his game completely. Well, this is the question. This is why you can you imagine having to defend Michael Jordan? with with the three being the thing as a part of the metrics that it is now like that you'd actually have to come out to the to oh, yeah. arc and defend that dude in space good luck <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> like it's like oh my goodness gracious and he was like no that was the metrics changed and it, it, it has changed again uh recently recent studies talking about what you should actually do is have your best players shoot the shots that they make the most often no matter where they are yeah. Right? So if your best guy, Iverson, is mid-range, let the great players shoot great shots and you'll be successful. And that's the new metric that will go. The game is ever-evolving, yeah. and you have to evolve with it. The defenses are always trying to change to evolve, and then you'll see the next thing. I always thought that. I mean, I think it's silly. You know, you get to that that metrics of, of no-taking mid-range shots, and especially, you know, the Rockets kind of had that, and then they bring in Chris Paul, and you're going, that's one of the best mid-range shooters of all ever, time. Ever, yeah. ever. So uh, maybe you should adjust your strategy there. But it's time for Box Tops. Box, 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 box. 
All right, I'll, I will lean on you for the others receiving votes once we get done here, because I know that you'll have uh, some good names for me. Um, but I did. I, I'm limited to ten here, and I, if you know okay. me, uh, I play basketball. I love the three-point shot. Um, so I, maybe I had some favoritism here, but it, it's it's one of my favorite things about basketball because it's about the only thing I can do considering my limited athleticism. So, <laughs> so uh, you are not alone. Sir. Yeah, that's right. You me, me, and many others who yeah. pretend to be basketball players. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, so let's go with our top 10 here. Uh, let's start with Steve Nash. Steve Nash, you might not necessarily know him for his three-point shooting, um, but he, of course, was a back-to-back MVP. Uh, a lot of that was through assists and, and, and setting guys up, but low-key, he was a great three-point shooter. Number 27 all-time in career threes, but more impressively, 42.8% from beyond the arc. Only topped among the all-time greats by uh, Steph Curry and Kyle Korver in that percentage ranking. Those numbers don't surprise me. Um, that was Nash. That was kind of quintessential Nash. Yeah. Is that he did everything at a high level. Like, he was that 50, 40, 90 guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just people, I think they forget about his three-point shooting because you think pass first, point guard, and, you know, but, I mean, he was dynamic from beyond the arc. Yes, he was. Uh, number nine on my list, Peja Stojakovic. He's number 23 all time. He was really fun to watch. I might have moved him into the list because I just like Stojakovic, but he had an unorthodox shot delivery uh, that made it kind of hard to contest his shot. Uh, he twice led the I mean, just a good shooter altogether. Twice led the league in free throw shooting percentage uh, as he shot 89.5% from the line for his career, but he also won the NBA three-point uh, shooting contest two times. I'm not just he was part of the bridge into six eight six nine guys shooting threes on a regular yeah. basis and having the freedom to do so like it was schemed to get them their shots bird would get his shots just in flow but they would actually target and get Peja those shots in space sacramento did a good job with that yeah the sacramento team and that team was one of my all-time favorites and he did pretty well later with the, the mavericks too so i mean he had he had quite the career uh, number eight on my list uh, a favorite for many uh, maybe one of the most hated at least college players for some jj reddick he's number 15 all-time and he does shoot uh he finished his career with a 42 percent clip from beyond the arc and his career was kind of cool because it just kind of developed into 
the type of game that he's perfect for. Remember, he started on the bench on some of those Orlando teams, kind of just being a spark off the bench, like you're saying, maybe get a three through the flow of the offense. Uh, by the end of his career, he was starting left and right for the Clippers or whoever would get him um, because he's one of the most lethal shooters of all time. Yeah, I mean, and he played with flow, high IQ player, but his energy is what made the difference. People talk about the shooting and, and oh, yeah. that, but he was a bit of a nasty dude. Like, J.J.'s nasty, oh, yeah. right? He'll body you. He'll run you off a pick. He'll he'll throw you a bowl to get some space. Um, yeah, there are people that don't like J.J., yeah. but they respect J.J. Oh, I hated J.J. Redick in college, but I, as a, a three-point shooter fan, uh, I just I, I, I loved him over the, the course of his NBA career. But like you said, I think underrated. A lot of these guys kind of just get – you know, you kind of cornered into that three-point shooter um, name tag or whatever, but they can do – a lot of these guys can do it all. And J.J. Redick was, a, you know, a good dribbler. He moved well without the ball um, and just, just altogether a good player. I was I kind of sad to see his career – and somewhat abruptly, I suppose. I mean, he was traded to a, a team that he didn't want to go to, and nope. then he was just done. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> that's enough. If you don't I, respect I got, me, I'm done. I got, I got, I got a hundred mil in the bank. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, he's fine yeah. as far as money goes. I just, uh. I felt like maybe a playoff team could have still used him down the stretch. So I was hoping they'd sign him, but it didn't happen. Uh, number seven on my list, Kevin Durant is currently number twenty-six all time uh, with thirty-eight percent shooting from beyond the arc uh 26 all-time in career made threes with a 38 percent clip but he uh, gets the benefit um i guess i guess to me i move him up, up on this list because he shoots a lot of challenged ones and it's hard to contest kevin durant that's why he's able to do it but he doesn't really seemingly get as many through the flow of the offense or the pass around you know wide open three he's mostly got to earn his which is why i would actually put him higher on the list yeah because he's taking difficult threes and expect it. So, but his mid-range game is is what makes the three-point game even more exceptional. Is that, oh, oh yeah. look, he can bust you up, and he's the, one of the he might be the greatest three-level scorer in basketball history. Oh yeah, I mean just from anywhere on the court, and it's just the the one thing that holds him back on this list. I think is his foot was a little too long last year. He's stepping on that line. Just one. It's just one. <laughs> it was one three. Well, it, it was counts. One three. It's one three that that changed the course of history, it's and it one was a two. Three. Give the guy a <laughs> uh, number six on my list. How about Larry Bird? It's a shame he didn't play in the three-point era, but he kind of opened it up. He won the first three three-point shooting contests, including the last one with his warm-up jacket on, asking who was going to play second. He was kind of a cocky guy, liked to talk some trash. Uh, he's tied with Craig Hodges for all-time lead with three three-point shooting contest victories. Finished with a career average of 38% beyond the arc. But again, I mean, if he played in the modern day, I think he'd work on that game a little bit more and probably get it even higher, especially with the spacing. He'd be deadly. Plus, you can't defend as physically as you could. That was the only way to get Bird off his game was physicality. And even then, it didn't work. So he's still one of the 10 greatest players ever. Okay, this is what we're going to do. Now we're going to free you up and mean you can't touch Larry Bird. Can you imagine Larry Bird where they couldn't touch him and he could shoot from anywhere on the floor? Yeah. Come I mean, on. that's just one of those guys you, you kind of think of, like the Michael they, they talk about, like what would they average in today's game? You, it'd just be just difficult. Just think of Bird at, at Indiana State. That's what it would be like. <laughs> That's what it would be like. <laughs> Just dominated. Uh, number five on my list, uh, another guy who might not be liked around here, but I liked him for his three-point shooting, Kyle Korver. He's number five all-time, a career 43% behind the arc. That's incredible. Has played in 330. Okay, so here's here's where you have to kind of break things down. Like James Harden, I think, is number four on the list in all-time threes. He has played in three. Kyle Korver played in 330 more career games than Harden. 
but only 84 more minutes. So Kyle Korver was always kind of a backup, you know, with those Bulls teams or whoever, Utah coming off the bench. Yeah. Um, but uh, he, he kind of like J.J. Redick, the game kind of revolved around him. So as he got older, he be kind of became more prominent. He's the NBA's record for highest three-point shooting percentage in a regular season at 53.6%. Uh, he did that with Utah in 2009-2010. Were you there yes, that, around that time? Yeah, yes, so I'll get a story was. about that here in a second. Yes, also, the NBA record for most seasons leading the league in three-point percentage, uh, three percentage. He had four seasons where he led the league. How was that year? What was living through that year up and close and personal it to Kyle Korver hitting 54% beyond the arc? It was insane. And this is when, when, when I hear people talk about they get upset over shooters who come off the bench and shoot threes. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. That's his job. Yeah. That's your job. And so when people say, well, come and get in rhythm. Well, look, you don't tell Bird to get in rhythm. You don't tell Kyle Korver to get in rhythm. You don't tell J.J. to get in rhythm. You put him in the game already in rhythm. Yeah. Like that's how when people talk about Like, you got to remember, the game is, is longer and deeper than recent history. Like, whatever this current metric is, there is a counter metric that ran for almost a decade. So, the fact that Kyle could walk off the bench and touch it at, at 23 feet and you expected it to go, as a matter of fact, you demanded that it went, that's, that those players exist in today's game. Well, I think just for a side note, him, him and uh, J.J. Redick were probably on everybody's teams that they created on their on their uh, playing video games, but never teamed up together. I wish they would have. Uh, that would have been cool to see them on the court together. <sighs> too much. <laughs> it's too much. That's too much. Too much pretty dude shooting jumpers. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know if the defensive end would look quite as no, pretty. And, but. And, 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 and easily for those years, Kyle Korver was the most popular jersey. Even when Darren Williams and Boozer, they had those guys that were winning, Kyle Korver was the one that bought, sold tickets. Yeah. He's just a bucket off the bench. Yep. I mean, and he did that everywhere. I mean, he was the all-star at Atlanta uh, when he was there. Unfortunately, missed the the kind of wide-open three in the corner that James gave him uh, that kind of missed. It was probably his biggest shot of his career that he missed. But yeah. in, in any case, uh, still one of the all-times greats. And, uh, I, 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 again, his Creighton days maybe bother plenty around here. But uh, uh, for just for his NBA days, was great. Uh, and, and really did well toward the end of his career. Um, kind of understanding the the changes in the world around him. I mean, kind of was a, a, a socially uh, kind of brought up a lot of good issues too um, that might not be understood for outsiders outside of the locker room. Uh, number four on my list, Clay Thompson. Uh, of course, we've missed Clay Thompson. Man, he's been out with injury for quite a while. Due to come back, he's number twenty one all time in three point uh, scoring, uh, three point shots made. 42% from beyond the arc. But, of course, what puts Clay Thompson uh, high on this wrist is if that guy gets going, he is hotter than anybody. He owns the record for most three-pointers made in a single game with 14. And he once needed just 29 minutes and 11 dribbles total to score 60 points. Again, for every metric that you're talking about, right? People talk, don't just come in the game shooting threes. Yeah. If that's what you do, that's what you do. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, you've got to be this these type of level shooters probably to get that big of a green light, but there are, I mean, at every level you kind of have that guy or you hope to have that guy off your bench or maybe just in your starting unit um, that just has the green light. Of course, we see Nebraska basketball not hitting threes right now, but they've got they've got a couple green light shooters on their team as well. Uh, number three on my list, how about Reggie Miller? He's number three all time. Uh, was number one before Ray Allen passed him, and now Steph Curry's going to past Ray Allen, but Reggie Miller, number three all-time in career three-pointers, made a career 40% clip from beyond the arc, and he was intriguing because in the 90s, teams were playing D1 
defensive schemes to stop him from shooting the three. That's what we do today. Uh, that's what teams were doing in the 90s, That only when they played the Pacers, basically. Look, man, that dude, look, he, when I got the ball, I'm shooting. Like, yeah. this, is what it, this is what it is. That's why you gave it to me. Yeah. Do you think? And I love Reggie, especially on commentary, too. I, I hope he continues to do that for years to come. Uh, number two on my list is Jesus Shuttlesworth himself, Ray Allen. He's currently number one all time, about to be step by, passed by Steph Curry for career three-pointers made at that 40% clip that he's had from beyond the arc. Of course, the most famous of his threes being one of the, the best shots of all time in the NBA, the legendary game-tying three-pointer at the end of Game 6 of the 2013 NBA Finals. Um, that just kind of got tipped out to him or passed out to him by Chris Bosh, I believe. But, um, yeah, one of the biggest shots in LeBron James' career. Game From Ray Allen. Blossoms. <laughs> Game Blossoms. Yes. And, and, again, another guy that you just would have loved to see in the modern day would have would have been able to put up a lot of lot more numbers. Uh, and then number one of all time, it, it's about to be official, but it's, it's already there. Steph Curry, uh, number two all time right now in career three-pointers made. Again, just 10 away from being number one. Uh, 43% all-time clip. And, of course, what makes him incredible is just the way he opens up. If you give him an inch, he'll take a three. <laughs> and he'll make a three. And rightfully so. Yeah, and he can I mean, one of the best dribblers in the game can can open himself up. Uh, very underrated for all his other, uh, you know, abilities on the offensive um, side of the ball where he, you know, once I think led the league in assists or was very close to it. Um, one of the best finishers at the bucket. So he's an all-around offensive player, um, but his his range I mean, and it's just just overall shooting it's it's probably the best we've ever seen a guy shoot a basketball into the he's hoop he's changed the game as it's played yeah i will give you how about i'll give you my 10 you didn't mention okay come back all right, yeah, that sounds good. I'd love to get more three-point shooter talk in there. So that's what's going to come back uh, when we come back here on Tom and Bach on 93.7 The Ticket. You're listening to Tom and Bach. Watch live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.